Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Hello and welcome to the Truth From The Stand Deer Hunting Podcast. I'm your host, Clint Campbell, and you're listening to episode number seven, brought to you by Wicked Tree Gear. Today we're rolling into part three of the Tips for Purchasing Hunting Property DIY Report mini-series with Ben Harshine of Whitetail Properties. And today we're discussing how to make your property work for you and making it up. So stay tuned. All right, what is up, everyone? Happy Wednesday to you. Welcome back to the to the work week, at least welcome back to the work week. For me, I was on a little family vacation over the 4th of July. I hope everyone had a chance to get away, have a beverage, spend some time with some family, most importantly, not go to work, and maybe even more importantly, came back from wherever you were with all of your fingers. So if you did those things, and congratulations to you, you had a successful holiday weekend. Like I said, I got to, I got to get away a little bit, went to Cape Cod, spent some time out on the water, did some whale watching, some fishing, just a typically, you know, a typical family vacation, some relaxing time, um, time to kind of forget just for a moment about, about deer season, but not, it was never too, too far away. I did happen to read some uh, some strategy deer hunting strategy books or at least one uh, by John Eberhart I've been wanting to 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 read his his book precision bow hunting and really just haven't had the time and so usually over vacations when I get an opportunity to kind of do a little bit of reading and and did absolutely take advantage of that today we have a cool show uh, we're doing part three of the uh, tips for for buying a, a hunting property uh, with Ben Harshine from Whitetail uh, from Whitetail Properties. Uh, part three of the first, I guess, let me back up for a second and say the first two properties we covered, you know, really everything from getting started to selecting your agent to saving your, your, your ducats, uh, getting all your money, uh, kind of in line to begin to really, really kind of approach make, making this type of purchase in a realistic sense. Um, the second part we covered, you know, evaluating a property. So once you kind of have all those finer details ironed out and you know that you, 
financially where you need to be and what you can spend and you know what type of property you might be able to to get into the next step then in part two we looked at kind of evaluating the property and, and taking a look at you know from everything from you know the the soil scores in terms of what that means in relation to the the price of the price of ground um everything from standing timber you know whether it's how much timbers on the property is it tillable versus you know um versus timber then also, you know, access, not just stand access for, for hunting, but also, you know, uh, property access to itself, you know, easements and making sure you have all your financial or all your um, legal things in, in, you know, lined up uh, to make sure that you have access to that property, that, that there is legal access to to the property. And today we're covering the, the third and final part of this uh, DIY mini series. And, and, and this one is really all about, you know, looking at a property from an investment perspective and and if that's something you're interested in, making sure that that property has things it needs to have in order to work for you. Um, and what I mean by that is that, you know, you get into the right situation, that property can in part, you know, pay for itself as you enjoy hunting it, riding ATVs, having picnics, building a cabin, whatever it is that you want to do on it. You know, there's opportunities out there to get into property where they can it can actually put some money some money in your pocket. And then the other part that we talk about is really just kind of getting ready to make the offer. So really kind of pulling the pulling the ripcord on that bad boy and, uh, you know, going to, um, you know, going full throttle and, and making, uh, potentially making a purchase and putting a, an offer down on a, on a property and, and hopefully, you know, getting that property. So that's what we're covering with Ben today. Uh, I've found, you know, all three of the, the, the sessions with Ben super, um, super helpful, you know, really informative. You know, I of course went through last year and purchasing a home, um, you know, which is a little bit different. Um, some similar, steps, but a little bit different in terms of, you know, buying a house versus buying land. Um, so it was really cool for me to kind of hear Ben kind of talk through all the different kind of scenarios and how to make that plan to try to get there. Cause it's definitely one of those things that I would like to do at some point, uh, sooner rather than later is get a, get, is get my own piece of hunting property. Um, I don't know that I'm, I'm super close to doing it right now, but you have to start somewhere. And that's kind of my plan now is to, to start to plan out, you know, five ish plus years in advance and, and start to you know, hopefully think about making that a reality and, and taking the steps to do so. Um, so looking forward to having Ben on for this final uh, part of this DIY mini series. But before we do that, I want to take a quick second here and kind of announce the winner of our most recent Trophy Ridge H4 React site giveaway. If you remember, I did a giveaway, uh, I believe it was two weeks now, two weeks ago, roughly, that kind of coincided with the second year anniversary of the Truth From The Stand podcast as a as a thank you to all of you for continuing to tune in and, and letting us talk some deer hunting with you guys. So without further ado, the winner of this giveaway for the Trophy Ridge H4 React site, I'm going to do a little drum roll for you. Low budget, doing it on the table, is Greg Drysdale. I will uh, tag you in the Instagram post related to this podcast to give you a heads up that you've won and then i'll also reach out to you through a direct message and try to get a hold of you get your mailing information and get this bad boy shipped out to you so you can get it on your bow sighted in and ready for the upcoming deer season which is fast approaching and i have a lot of work to do yet so we'll be getting that started here this weekend but without further ado we'll go ahead and get ready to get ben on the line but before we do that i want to take a quick second to talk about our partners that continue to help us make this podcast possible. First and foremost, we are brought to you by Wicked Tree Gear, the longest, lastest, fastest cutting, toughest tree trimming equipment 
you have ever used. Simply put, the toughest saws on earth. How tough are they? Tough enough to come with a lifetime warranty. And right now, when you visit wickedtreegear.com, use the promo code TRUTH at checkout and get a 20% discount on your Wicked purchase. They are still running the Hunt giveaway with Whitetail Heaven Outfitters where you can, if you win, you get to select what uh, state that you can that you would like to take your hunt in. So I believe it's Kentucky, Ohio, and Indiana where they have uh, farms. And the way you get uh, entered into the, the drawing for this or into the sweepstakes to win this hunt is you just make a purchase from Wicked Tree Gear, Tecumani Seed, or Glacier Coolers. You make any purchase from any of those three companies you will be entered into the sweepstakes. Every purchase you make enters you yet again. So if you make two separate purchases, you have two entries into the sweepstakes. So the more things you purchase, of course, the more options or opportunities you have to win that sweepstakes. We're also brought to you by Exodus Outdoor Gear. The new Trek is the byproduct of all consumer voices who have been excited about what Exodus trail cameras have to offer, but just can't fit a $200 camera in their budget, and that's okay. A budget-friendly camera backed by the industry's leading warranty is now here. The Trek comes in at $145, has the same proprietary shell design as the Lift Series camera, same five-year warranty, unmatched customer service, 0.7-second trigger speed, photo, video, time-lapse, and hybrid modes, all with a simple, single-line, backlit LED display. You also get about 20,000 images on one set of lithium batteries. If you'd like to learn more about Exodus trail cameras, check them out at Exodus Outdoor Gear. Dot com. I actually have to go pull my my cameras here next weekend, I think, and do the first official Velvet card pool. If you like to see, uh, if you'd like to learn more about Exodus, or if you'd like to save yourself a couple dollars and purchasing an Exodus camera, you can do so by using the promo code Truth and save yourself twenty dollars at checkout. We're also brought to you by Tecumani Seed. Everything is bigger in Texas right now. Is a great time to start prepping for your fall plots, which, which is what I'll be doing. No matter if you're in the South, Midwest, or the Northeast, Tecumani Seed has your food plot needs covered. Visit tecumani.com and check out their product selector tool to help pick the right f- seed for your food plots. Use promo code TRUTH at checkout and save 20%. Last but not least, we are also brought to you by Glacier Coolers, simply the world's finest. Whether you're hunting, camping, or fishing, you'll enjoy smarter design, stronger construction, and superior insulation of Glacier Coolers. Visit them at GlacierCoolers.com. Use the promo code TRUTH at checkout and save yourself 20%. And now let's get Ben on the line. All right, welcome back to another episode of The Truth from the Stand Deer Hunting Podcast. You're listening to installment number three of this DIY report session where we're we're talking hunting property, finding hunting property with uh, my buddy Ben Harshine of Whitetail Properties. And this section, we're you know, we, I guess, let me cover the first two sections. The first section we talked about, you know, what are the, how do you kind of set your, your ducks in a row to kind of think about, you want to take the plunge into buying property. The second section we covered, you know, you've now got your ducks in a row and I need to start looking at properties and evaluating properties. What are some of the things I should be looking at and considering, um, when looking at these properties with my land specialist section number three here is really all about trying to, to seal the deal and understanding the, the different steps that you need to take, uh, you know, how to make an offer, you know, if you're looking at this thing from an investment opportunity perspective, and that's what we're going to cover in this section. And hopefully everyone will feel good about, you know, being able to go out and start maybe taking some steps to, to look for their dream property. But before we get, uh, things crack and how are you doing, Ben? What's happening my man? Oh, I'm, I'm really enjoying this. And I, and I think it's just such a good idea. Like you said, because there's so much, there's so much involved in, in uh in in buying a piece of ground and, and you know being confident in who you're working with and and all the different 
small facets to be happy with uh, with your transaction. There's a lot of info here, and, and you splitting it up into three different sections, I think, is super valuable. So um, I'm excited to to kind of uh, you know wrap wrap this up with section three. Wrap this up with a nice tidy little bow, man. So I think we won't belabor the uh, <laughs> the upfront here. We'll just kind of we'll just kind of dive right into it. So like I had said, man, you've walked us through you know, getting everything set up, getting your budget in line, you know, finding the right agent. We've talked about, you know, the the access to property, finding a property, evaluating it, you know, even looking at what the wind is going to do if you really want to hunt it as an important piece, access, making sure you have a legal easement to your property. You know, so we've now kind of found a place, you know, and this is, we, we found our dream property. Um, and it's time to start really thinking about laying out that laying out that cash, and that's the, that's the scary part, right? That's the where we all get like that immediate like you know buyer's remorse a little bit, you know, before we even start to mm-hmm. buy. It's you, know, you get those cold feet a little bit. So I want to talk a little bit about making an offer because I think some of that trepidation of making the offer comes from just not understanding the process of making an offer, right? Because we're always mm-hmm. kind of nervous of the unknown. So if you could just kind of walk us through, you know, what happens in that in that moment when you say, when I say, Ben, you know what, I'm down with this property. I want to do it. What are the next things I need to do to put an offer, offer in on this uh, property? I don't want to lose it. Yeah, uh, so it's actually pretty easy. We're gonna we're, we're gonna sit down uh, either in the office or in the, in the truck right after the showing, depending on how how serious you are about it. Uh, I've done both. Uh, um, we're gonna literally pull out the contracts that are that are necessary. Uh, and each state is going to be a little bit different, but an offer to purchase, uh, specifically one we use is is uh, for actual land. Um, so it's a contract that's it's really uh, speaks to purchasing um, uh, land as opposed to a house with land or, or just a house. So we're, we're going to just, uh, I'm going to help you fill out that, uh, that offer. We're going to determine, okay, well, you know, here's what, um, here's what I think this place is worth. Uh, you know, here's what you're comfortable putting an offer in on it. My clients are driving, they're, they're driving the, you know, it's, it's their call what they want to do. I'm just, facilitating it but um let's just say that uh you know you're you're buying a a place that's one hundred and fifty thousand dollars, and and you're you know you're what what you've seen and where we think land prices are you know we're, we're going to offer a, a, a 130 and we're going to put that in there we're going to we're going to also uh, write an earnest check okay and if we really did our homework we're going to be able to attach uh uh, pre-qualification letter as well. So when when I present that offer to the uh, the, the the selling agent, um, that's going to be an offer that shows, hey, th- my clients are serious. This is what we're offering. Here's an earnest money check to show that you know this is a you know we're going to bring some strength with that offer, and that this is the actual cash we're right right now that can be used towards closing. And we've got a, a pre-qualification letter from our bank saying, "Hey, we, you know, we are comfortable lending so and so this much money. This is what they're qualified to to, to borrow uh, from this line of credit." So um, we're we're going to draw that up in a um, in in the, in the contract. A lot of times, what we use because of you know uh, modern conveniences of the internet and being able to have a mobile office, we use DocuSign a lot. So mm-hmm. Uh, Docu DocuSign it, it, for anybody that doesn't know is just a, a way to electronically sign documents, and 
Um, you can initial, you can sign, I'll set that all up for you. And you'll basically just go in and you'll get a little notification in your email. You, you'll click on it and this, this, uh, slick tool, just go through and, and say, click here, agree here, uh, check this, uh, sign here, initial here, and it, it'll, it'll come in nice and clean as a, as a signed document. So that's the actual logistics of it. Um, one thing I want to note is maybe there's some contingencies. So, uh, an example of a contingency would be, um, that, uh, all, you know, all old farm equipment or, uh, you know, um, all junk that's in this specific pasture here needs to be removed prior to closing. That's a contingency. So mm-hmm. it's contingent upon them doing this. Uh, the most common contingency is a home inspection. Okay. So home inspection is a contingency that says, uh, you know, we're going to hire an inspector. They're going to tell us what is wrong. Uh, they're going to pick out all the specific things that are, that are wrong from a minor to a major standpoint on this home. And, and we're going to come back to you and, and try to uh, rectify the, those issues. That That's a, that's probably the most popular contingency. Mm-hmm. Um, another one is contingent upon appraisal. So, you don't want to be buying a, a property that isn't worth, isn't appraised as much as what you're paying for it. Right. Uh, to put it bluntly, you don't want to be buying a $300,000 property when it's only worth $180,000. And right. again, that's where it's hypercritical with some of this ground <clears throat> that you um, you know what you're buying and, and you're teamed up with somebody that's helping you that through that. Right. Um, so contingent upon an appraisal is, is, uh, is really important. And the banks won't loan on anything that's, uh, typically the banks won't loan on anything that appraises less than what you're paying for. You're going to have to pay for that out of cash. So, uh, if you're buying in a really good neighborhood, man, you might have to put push, you might have to pony up a little bit more cash because in the eyes of that appraiser, it may not appraise compared to other ground nearby, um, that is, is similar. So, uh, uh, those contingencies are a big part of that contract that, that we're putting together. Uh, once we sign and we're happy and like, this is what we're going to offer. I'm going to go to the buyers, uh, the selling agent and, and present that offer to them. Um, and, and that, that contract's going to have a, a certain amount of time that this offer is, is valid for whether it's uh, 48 hours or 24 hours or w- whatever the, the case may be. This is how long our offer stands. And, uh, we, you know, we want to hear back from you by then. And, uh, the, the selling agent will go and work with their clients to, to be able to determine, okay, you know, this is, this is the offer. What would you like to do? Um, let's say they come back from that $130,000 offer and and they say, tell you what, we'll accept all your contingencies, but we'd really like 135. And and I'm going to present that to you guys or to, to my clients, to my buyers, and uh, we're going to determine if that's if that's going to work in your budget or or not. Uh, let's say it does, and you're gonna you're gonna sign and, and agree on that counter offer, and and now we're going to start working our way towards closing. Um, Interesting. So I have two two questions based on the the outline of, of, of making an offer. One is, you know, inspections. I'm familiar with <laughs> home inspections. You know, buying buying a home and so forth. Are there are there certain inspections or different types of inspections that take place when you're buying recreational land, farmland, or, or hunting ground? You know, not 
not specifically. I mean, there's no termite inspections or, uh, I mean, we're, we're buying, we're buying the bugs. We're buying the, right. we're buying the <laughs> soil. We're, we're, we're buying the trees. We're, you know, we're, we're right. buying mother nature here. So, um, it's, uh, I, I don't see many inspections, uh, that, that, that come into play. I mean, possibly if it's, I would imagine, um, I may be speaking out of context, but it would be logical to me that if you have an investment uh, firm or, or, or uh, somebody that is really into buying timber tracks for investment purposes, you're going to want to do an, an inspection on that timber to be able to determine if that, uh, if the core of those trees, the, uh, the, if, if those trees uh, have any sort of bug damage to them or infestation, I think that would be an important part of it because you could you could look at a, a beautiful stand of soft maples on on a, on a river bottom and think man you're seeing dollar signs right or, or even more so if it's black walnut right. uh um and and you, you go in to timber it and, and those they all have rotten cores to them i mean it, that's a that's a big heartbreaker right there so right. that inspection probably would be would be common at least that's logical to me mm-hmm. uh but um I, I haven't seen it yet here in Iowa. Right, and it sounds like you know in the previous you know um, sections that we've that we've done, you talked a little bit about the about the soil fertility, and you know that that you know depending on what that is, you know it will kind of in part de- determine the price. So it sounds like that's done prior to to this this part of the <clears throat> transaction. Yeah, that that soil that that uh, soil fertility in the CSR two, I think in uh, Illinois that it's called the PI. Um, productivity index i think it stands for uh, we can and we need to be i mean we you need to see those soil maps before uh you make an offer i mean you, you need to be shown and and we've got tools to be able to go in and actually get that from uh from the state of iowa we can get that measurement and they've mapped all of iowa uh that you know uh we're able to run a, a tool that averages and weights that specific tractor ground and the soils, the tillable uh, the tillable acres that are on it, and present that to you. And if you're working with somebody that isn't doing that, then you need to find somebody uh, find a different find a different agent. <laughs> right, right. All right. So you know now we've walked down the path of of, of making an offer, and and I might have put the cart before the horse here. You know, we maybe should have touched on this next kind of section or this next bullet point prior to making an offer. But I I want to get a sense of you know, because I, I think you know people get get a little scared off by making a, an, an an investment or, or spending dollars on something that's not their home or, or or whatever the case might be. But there's a lot of opportunity to make this property work for you and and pay for itself either at the onset of of purchase or over the course of time. Can you, I guess, can you talk a little bit about you know the investment opportunity? opportunity of land in general but then also how you can kind of have that land not just you know being an investment opportunity in terms of buying a chunk of 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 land being the investment opportunity but also the opportunity of tillable acreage um harvestable timber and and things of that nature how it can be become a a money maker for you in a sense Mm -hmm. at midway usa we know the ar-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern american history Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages, things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, 
shopmidwayusa.com. Yeah. Uh, first off, uh, we'll look at it two ways. Um, a lot of people's mindset anymore, and there's a lot of buyers out there. I mean, at least in Iowa, <clears throat> I was talking with Rich Flowers in in Ohio recently. He's one of our uh, brokers in, in Ohio. Uh, ben Richardson, he's doing a really good job in, in Alabama. I tried to get a beat on what there's got. Everybody's seeing the same thing. There's a lot of buyers out there right now. There's more buyers than sellers. Okay, we're in a seller's market. So uh, the reason, there's a lot of reasons, uh, but... The common theme that, theme that keeps coming up is that people, just quite frankly, are scared and don't trust uh, this volatile stock market. Mm-hmm. Uh, the stock market is where uh, I would say the you know it's the most popular form of investment. W- what is an investment? Well, an investment is 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 using money to make more money. Okay, right. you're setting your your money aside and 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 not being able to use that. Uh, you know, for a certain amount of time with the hope of making more down the road. So in, as far as the stock market and, and its volatility, a lot of people are wanting to put their money into a lot, a, a much more tangible, safe asset. <clears throat> now, uh, everybody's strategy for investment is, is, is different. They've got different financial goals. But uh, one thing you can argue against is that land it's cliche to say, but they're they're not making any more. I know, I love that. Saying. And because, <laughs> yeah, and and because of that, uh, you've got something that you can actually physically control and, and, and hold and make better and, and improve and increase the value of. You're in control of that. And uh, this podcast is about hunting ground. Uh, uh, people want to buy ground that is 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 giving them an opportunity to have a good quality season um you have the ability to go in and really make that happen for the future buyers and it's an investment you buy at two thousand an acre or, or 2500 an acre and we're going to sell that in, in a couple of years with your sweat equity and with just the way land prices are are, are constantly going and in, in, increasing here uh we're going to sell that for for 3,000 an acre or 3,200 or whatever the case may be in a handful of years. Okay. That's an investment it's making you money. And, and, and there's no investment out there. There's no way to invest in something that you can make memories with, you know, with, with friends and family, take your kids out and, and, and catch some bass in a, in a farm pond or, or go out and, and push yourself and, and harvest a couple of those really nice bucks that, that you've been wanting to, um, you've been wanting to take, you know, and, 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 uh, that is, is why land right now is just such a, uh, a solid, solid purchase. It will always be desired. And, right. uh, and we're, you're in control of it whenever you own it. And that's, that's what's, you know, that's, what's great. And that's the, that's the side that a lot of people don't necessarily think of. They just see the, 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 the price on the, uh, they just see the price tag and they get cold feet. I totally get that, uh, but there's there's more to it than than just that. You know that that hundred thousand dollars could turn into one hundred fifty thousand dollars or or two hundred thousand dollars in a matter of a decade right. or, or less. You know, in in some of these markets right now. <clears throat> right, and then, you know, um, I was just gonna say the other thing is too is like you're also buying just like a little piece of the you know not to be cliche but the little piece of the American dream too. You know what I mean? It's like that's just mm-hmm. there's 
there's something to be said said for that to have something you could possibly pass down to to, to family members and, and and so forth you know the one thing i looked at whenever i started just perusing property to a degree was you know was there harvestable timber from the moment that i purchased the property that i could go in that could enhance my habitat you know what i mean and also put money back in my pocket toward paying for the for the property itself do you have any instances i mean is that something that people do frequently or is that you know less common before we continue our conversation let's talk about wicked tree gear saws hardcore deer hunters need hardcore tools do yourself a favor and check out wicked tree gear the toughest hand saws and pull saws on earth you buy it once you buy it for life backed by a lifetime guarantee right now if you use the promo code truth you'll save 20 percent on your next purchase with free ground shipping so head over to wickedtreegear.com and get a saw that's tough enough to work as hard as you hunt. I guess I'll tell you a story here um, that might relate or resonate with the audience a little bit more. Um, I grew up, um, I grew up hunting a couple hundred acres uh, of timber. Uh, I was 12 years old when, whenever I could legally start hunting in Pennsylvania. I, I was ripping the woods uh, way before that, and um, uh, I. I uh, growing up, I, I experienced some great hunting, and, and, and the, the property that we were on was, was thick, and, and there was a lot of good briars, and the deer loved the bed there, and, and in time, uh, I could tell over time, um, when I got to, you know, I'm 34 years old now, and I, and I was 31 or 32 years old, I was sitting on one of those ridges with my dad, uh, one, uh, spring morning listening listening for some gobblers and just watching the world awake and and i could just see this literally i could see like 150 200 yards of nothing but ferns and 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 what has happened is that over time uh over two decades that forest has grown and uh those hardwoods have matured and it's choked out the 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 quality ground level habitat for, for birds and for deer and, and really anything else that was trying to call that place home. So, uh, boy, how awesome would it be to go back and, and buy that, buy that, that property and, uh, do a select cut, not a clear cut, but do get a forester in there mm-hmm. and establish a, a, a management plan and do a select cut where a certain amount of the mature trees are taken you're instantly putting money back in your pocket that you can use directly towards the notes or, uh, or, or whatnot. And in turn, you're thickening that property up and you're going to bring wildlife back into it. You're, sunlight is going to, to work in your favor and you're going to get briars and, and forbs and brush uh, regenerating immediately. And within two years, it's going to be a jungle. Mm-hmm. So, uh, how awesome would that be to, to, to buy a property that, that maybe not be ideal right now, but with a couple good decisions, you're not only making more money, but you're having a lot uh, better hunting seasons. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's, a, that's a great scenario right yeah. there. That's a, that's a win-win. Yeah. Um, so um, that kind of hit, hit, hits on the investment of it. And that, 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 yeah, it's the financial investment, but it's also an investment into your lifestyle and your, and your happiness and, 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 um, uh, your kids happiness if you got kids you know so yeah. um that's, you know that, that's that's awesome man i mean i think i think that's i think you contextualize it really really well there to kind of paint a picture for folks of how that 
of how that can happen. You know what I mean? Where, you know, not only you're increasing your hunting opportunities by doing, by doing that, but the land that is like the, the most direct line through that the land is paying for itself outside of farming it right outside of tillable acreage and, and, and and cash Mm -hmm. rent and stuff like that. It's like, this is a natural resource. The land is going to provide to you over and over again over the course of time. So if you do keep it in your family and you pass it on to your son, your daughter, you know, or, or both, whatever the case might be, it's like that at some point, if they keep it, they'll be able to harvest it as well. You know what I mean? So that's a nice little kind of, um, yeah. Bank account to have, to, you know, so to speak, you know, for your, for your family to a degree, depending on the size of the size of the property. But, you know, speaking of size of property, I think one thing that people get hung up on and, you know, and I'm, I'm probably guilty of this as well is like, I'll start looking at properties. I'll go online, you know, and, and, and start, you know, perusing to see what, what's out there. And of course, the ones that I really gravitate toward are the ones that are, you know, in, in Hammer City and, and, uh, you know, big tracts of land that, you know, some management has been done and stuff like that. And the price tag is, is, is as such. Um, you know, I think the one thing that folks kind of think about is that the, the, the first property that you buy, you know, they want it to be exactly what they want. Right. But it's not necessarily how thing, how things necessarily have to work. So can you talk a little bit about, you know, that first property that you pick up, not needing to necessarily be your dream property and how you can kind of work yourself into that? That first property is going to need to be, uh, not to put it, Hey, no pressure here, but that first property is going to set the stage for your, your long-term success. If you're, if that's not going to be your one and only many times, you're going to enjoy it so much that, and you're, you're going to, you're going to work on it. You're going to put all your, your, your blood, sweat and tears into it and, and fill a bunch of tags on it. And you're ready. You're going to be ready to, to move on to that, that bigger track down the road, or, or you're going to be looking to, to expand onto it and, and buy the adjacent property for it. Um, so, um, it, it's key to, it's key to have somebody on your side that's going to help you buy smart and buy something that is, uh, going to, uh, uh, be the, the, the biggest, the biggest part of this is it's going to be priced correctly and it's going to be, um, you know, what the market is bearing. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you can't let your emotions take too big of a, uh, too big of a, uh, uh, take too much control uh, that you overpay for something and overpaying for something is fine if you're going to hold on to it for a long time. But if you're, if you're uh, with under the understanding that your first property is not your, your dream property, it's not your, your last one, then you're going to want to try to start off on the right foot and, and get something that is going to be able, you're going to be able to put equity uh, right back into it. A really good example would be, um, like let's talk about some of the things that that give you equity mm-hmm. um equity is is going to make your property more valuable by by you doing something one of the most popular things is to uh, start to acquire trail camera history uh as as a as a landowner um if you can if you've got a property that that is that is good for hunting or you bought it for hunting you're going to sell it as a, as a hunting track let's start to acquire uh, history on this place in the form of trail cameras, anything that you've taken off of there, document with maps, anything that you've done from an improvement standpoint. If you cleaned up the roads, you can get a bigger tractor down, you know, down that lane, or you put in a new culvert that now you can you can cross that creek and get a four wheeler across there to to make it easier to access that specific part of the farm. Uh, you you pass some of these younger bucks, and and here's here's the uh, here's two or three years of trail cam photos of these specific whitetails. And here's ones that I did take. And, you know, that is all evidence that I can take 
whenever I'm ready to market your ground and show the world that, man, this is, this is an awesome property here. And this is exactly what you're getting. Uh, mm-hmm. So you want to put equity in, into your, uh, on your side, hit trail cam photos, documenting the history of that, that ground, uh, cleaning up fences, putting new gates on a property. Again, access. We talked about access. You got a locked mm-hmm. gate. That's way more valuable and way more appealing to somebody than if you just got a, 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 a a farm drive that is pretty easy for somebody inconspicuously sneak in on, you know, right. um, gates are a, a great way to put immediate equity back into your ground. Again, if you're buying this property at a little bit of a value, a bit of a, uh, a discount, mm-hmm. you know, um, um, the improvements as far as food plots, uh, being able to establish, you know, and this is a little bit extravagant, but putting up, uh, box blinds, you know, and, and making it a turnkey property. I, I've seen guys do that where they'll buy an old overgrown, nasty, uh, uh, overgrown pasture or something. And, and, and they'll, uh, they'll literally cut infrastructure, hunting infrastructure into it, and hmm. food plots and, and trails and, and make it huntable, make it huntable. So, um, those are things that you can do that to put money back into your uh, pocket and, and work towards that dream property. And, uh, uh, another thing to, to, to consider is, and this is a, a really important tool. This has made a lot of big landowners over the years is the IRS, um, uh, code 1031, which allows you to defer your tax. You're not completely destroying, uh, your, your tax liability, but you're kicking it, uh, as my, my buddy, uh, Garrett Armstrong says, you're kicking it down the, the, uh, you're kicking it down the road. Right. You're buying you're selling and buying uh uh similar properties okay uh in a certain amount of time and you're deferring that capital gain so hmm. let's say you buy something for two thousand dollars an acre and and uh, uh um, three years later we're you know, we're going to get this thing on the market you've tweaked it out maybe three years is a little bit tight let's say five years had some great hunting on it. It's now worth $2,700 an acre. Uh, okay. That's, that's that your base would be your 2000 an acre. So you've got $700 an acre that would be a capital gain mm-hmm. that you would be, t- you'd be taxed on. And that's a, that's a heavy duty tax. The capital gain tax is no joke. It, it can be 20 to 30% sometimes. So we're going to identify as a, as a good land specialist, we're going to identify, uh, what are called qualified, intermediaries, a 1031 specialist that's going to help you navigate that, uh, that 1031 tax deferred transaction. So you do it right. And you use that as a very, very valuable tool to be able to buy larger properties down the road. Uh, the, the, the biggest landowners that I know are the guys that started with nothing and now they've got everything that 1031 tool and having a good qualified intermediary to handle that during the transaction uh, and, and I'm working with them as well during the transaction to make sure they have the right documents and everything is in sync and in rhythm uh, uh, for closing. That is such an, a great tool uh, to be able to to grow your your acres down the road. Hmm. Um, we're getting way off topic. No, that's awesome. We're getting deep into deep into a rabbit hole, but these are things to consider. Uh, buy something that you know or you're confident that, that um, you're going to be able to part with. And when you do part with it, uh, it, you know, 
we're going to be able to sell it for more than than what you originally bought it for. That's awesome, man. Like I never even thought like it would have never dawned on me that my trail camera photos on any one of the properties <laughs> that I hunt. And you probably like hear. hearing that, huh? Because... <laughs> I, yeah, I'm like, man, I was like, I, got, I, mean, I get all kinds of photos, man. <laughs> you know, it's no it, doubt. It's yeah. funny because like as you're talking, it's like I'm immediately thinking like this, you know, 60 acre piece that my dad picked up a, you know, about a little more than a year ago now. Um, you know, it's, there's a few neighbors around there, you know, one of them's a, a farmer and those, those farms aren't really farmed any, any longer. I, I guess out in the Midwest, you guys have the, um, the CREP program uh, or the CRP program or CRP, mm-hmm. you know, I'm pretty sure you're familiar with, you know, back here in, in PA, we have the, the CREP program, which is something slightly yep. similar to, to the CRP deal. Um, and I'm pretty sure all those, well, I, I'm positive because my dad t- spoke with them, I believe. The farmers' um, fields and the properties all in in uh, the crop program, so they don't farm it at all anymore. And the farmers in that area are getting up in age, and um, they don't, you know, their kids have all moved on and stuff like that. And I've just been kind of driving around every time I visit the property and kind of scoping, you know, what properties might be nice to pick off that that are adjacent to my dad's property to kind of start to build out a larger tract of land. Um, you know, and so to your point, it's like the first one, if I, you know, if I were to pick up one of those, the first one doesn't have to be the dream one, you know, it just has to be the one that, you know, to cover off on all the things that you've all, you know, all the great, you know, tips you've already given, you know, which is, you know, look for the right neighborhood, you know, make sure, you know, to scope out the huntability, understand the wind that's going to be on it, what's your tillable versus your, your, your timber acreage, you know, your access that you'd mentioned, you know, easement as well as stand access. It's like, and, and think about those things and just make sure those things are right, no matter the size of the parcel, because you might be able to find the diamond in the rough that you can get into, you know? And I think that that's the, that's the, that's like the key thing is make sure it meets your goals and find that diamond in the rough. Um, and then just, and then grow not only your investment, but your, your experiences and your memories. If you really want to own a lot of ground someday or, or just a premium property, um, the, I've, I've, I've worked with, uh, a lot of landowners o- over the years and, um, the, the number one, the common denominator is that they all wished they would have started sooner. Mm-hmm. And the majority of them already start, you know, started early in their life mm-hmm. and they wish they would have started even sooner because you're just that much more ahead of the game. Uh, if you're really wanting to grow your ground and own that big hunting property someday. Um, you're, you're that much more ahead of the game just by the numbers and the way that land prices and land value have historically grown over the, over generations. Um, don't be scared to, to, to step into the waters. Right. Well, Hey man, I want to be sensitive to your time. I I, I appreciate you coming on and, and, and doing this. This was awesome. I learned a ton. I'm ready to kind of start, you know, re looking at, at land and convincing my wife that we should, uh, buy a hunting property or a place where she can go hang her hammock. We'll, we'll do it under the there you the guise of that. Um, but before I let you go, man, why don't you uh, let everyone out there listening know where they can find out more about you and, and, and whitetail properties and so forth. Yeah. Uh, boy, thanks a ton for having me on. This it was just a great discussion, Clint. I hope that everybody uh, listening got something out of this and um, to, uh, I guess to, to learn more about me, I've got uh personal i'm on social media trying to you know share what's going on in my life on on, uh, instagram and and facebook and whatnot Uh, my listings are online at whitetailproperties.com and that's where you can find not only my listings you got people listening from all over the country we've got a lot of great listings there Uh, and uh, yeah 
yeah, that's uh, that's the story on my end, and and I uh, really appreciate you uh, having me on. Yeah, absolutely, man. Any, everyone out there, if you have any any questions, you know, and you're out in Benny's or Benny, yeah, sorry, I, I give you the ey on the end of that, out in Ben's area, neck neck of the woods. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah, <laughs> out in his neck of the woods, or even even if not, you know, if you if you're if you're looking for land, uh, Ben's a great resource to to talk to and, and touch base, and you couldn't find a a nicer, more helpful guy. So I appreciate you coming on, man. Yeah, no, and I guess just uh, bouncing off of that, you know, with with Huntera, I mean, I I, uh, I started, uh, I founded Huntera Maps, and 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 Huntera is a, uh, you know, it's a well-oiled machine. There's there's other people that are uh, help, helping uh, uh, maps uh, flow out the door these days. So I'm still a huge part of that. I don't want, I don't want anybody to think that uh, I'm, I'm no longer involved in Huntera. Um, but, uh, I'm certainly dialed into a full-time career now with, with whitetail properties and, and, uh, because of Huntera, I've established relationships with a lot of brokers throughout the country. Uh, and, and, uh, if anybody, uh, does want to get connected to, to somebody in their territory, I'll certainly, uh, I, I would love to, uh, I'd love to help them. So yeah, anybody can reach out, uh, in, but probably the best way to get a hold of me is on my Instagram handle. Uh, it would be at Benny Shine. You, you mentioned Benny. Uh, <laughs> a lot of my buddies call me Benny. So at Benny Shine or, or search Ben Harshine and uh, hit me up with a message and I can point you in the right direction if you're looking for somewhere other than Iowa. Yeah. And if, if you're lucky enough to live in Iowa, then then God bless you. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> man. Let's get in the truck and, and, and go hit these gravel roads together. That's right, man. Awesome, man. I appreciate it. Thanks. Yep. Thanks, Clint. All right, folks, that is a wrap for today's show. Thanks for joining us, and thanks to Ben for coming on the show and doing this series with us. It's been awesome to have him on. Fellow PA boy uh, is now, you know, of course, living in, in Iowa, but it's always good to connect with someone from, from PA. Uh, be sure to head over to Whitetail Properties and check out the land available in your area. And if you have any questions, drop Ben a line on Instagram or on Facebook. I'm sure he'd be happy to answer any questions you have or can point you in the direction of a land specialist that might be uh, more fitting that's located in your area that you're looking for looking to purchase land and I'll post all the links uh, to get a hold of Ben and follow him in the show notes of this podcast. If you haven't yet, please head over to iTunes and leave us a five-star rating and subscribe to the podcast. If you haven't yet, we'd be super appreciative if you'd be able to do those two things for us. And before we shut this thing down, we need to give a big shout out to our partners that continue to help us make this podcast possible. Wicked tree gear, Exodus outdoor gear, trophy Ridge, Ozonics, obsession bows, Tecamani Seed, Glacier Coolers, Ramcat Broadheads, and Trophy Taker Rests. And until next time, we'll see y'all. Broken letters. Nationalize yourself in numbers. But I gotta get
All right, gang, the new Truth merch is in stock at truthfromthestand.com and on YouTube below any of the Truth From The Stand videos. I've got some new hats, beanies, t-shirts, long-sleeve t-shirts, and sweatshirts. There's even a new do-hard-shit hat for those of us who like to embrace micro-dosing adversity. So head to truthfromthestand.com and check out the new gear and use the code TRUTH, T-R-U-T-H, and save yourself some cash on the new gear. You're listening to the Waypoint Podcast Network, brought to you in part by HuntStand, the number one hunting and land management app.